Hello, my name is Brittany, Sagittarius, Libra, Gemini. Hi, I'm Brooke, Taurus, Pisces, Gemini. And this is Gemini Rising. You always have just like that little extra vibrato, you little musical babe. Got to. <laughs> Brooke, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, my uterus is fully rebelling against me, but other than that, I'm I'm great. How about you, Brittany? <sighs> you know what? Just like your uterus, I'm shedding some walls lately. <laughs> Uh, Mercury retrograde has officially taken a toll on my mental well-being, but you know what? I'm all the wiser for it. And you know what? I'm not going to let it get the best of me. So just, just chugging right along. I got a big show tonight in Lincoln and a lot rides on it. And I'm really excited about the episode today. So we're just going to do the damn thing. We're going to dive right into it. This is going to be Heavy, heavy, heavy educational astrology episode. So pull and out me being a goof. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So pull out your birth charts, call your mom if y'all fuck with each other. Otherwise, call vital records. <laughs> you know, get your birth certificate and uh, follow along. Let's get that birth time, babes. <laughs> so today we're talking about the houses. The houses. Yes, which you do need your birth time for. You need your rising sign because that determines where all of the houses sit. So let's just get right into it. I'm so excited because I feel like a lot of people have a pretty good idea of like their signs and kind of the the basics, but there is just like a whole new level whenever it comes to understanding your chart and the houses. And that's why I'm really excited just because I, if our listeners have been listening, they probably know that I'm mostly here just for goofs. <laughs> And uh, to gas up the the Sages, Libras, and and Gemini's, but I'm excited to also uh, you know learn a little bit. Yeah, you you wealth of knowledge, babe. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but yeah, like the planets, the planets are like what something is in your chart, what sign it's in, is how it manifests, and the houses are where in your life it manifests, what specific area. Um, that those things affect you. So there are 12 houses, uh, just like the 12 signs in the Zodiac. They're kind of split up into three groups. There's angular, succedent, and cadent houses. Uh, angular houses are the first, fourth, seventh, and 10th. And those are going to be the most strong or impactful houses in your birth chart. They're also going to be the houses that manifest themselves very early on in life when the other ones kind of come a bit later. They develop. Exactly. There are a lot of different ways to think about the houses in terms of, you know, how they relate to each other. I like to think of them, too, as starting with the first house to the 12th house as if it's a timeline of your life. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit more later. Um, So your first house or your rising sign is actually determined by what sign is going over the eastern horizon at the moment you're born. Which is why that time is so important. Why that time is so important. Fourth house is going to be kind of midday. Uh, Seventh house is going to be sunset. And then the 10th house is going to be kind of late at night. And if you're thinking about the day as a lifespan, it's kind of the same way. So let's get into it. First house or the house ruled by your rising sign is going to be the house 
of the self. It's who you are as a person. It's also where your physical appearance is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's your physical appearance, just kind of general who you are. And when you're thinking about it as a timeline of your life, it's baby, it's newborn. Mm-hmm. When a baby's born, all they really know is just like, I am in this husk. Sure. <laughs> you know? Like I I am literally just existing. I don't really know what else is happening. Yeah. Do you think that because it's like you're rising in kind of like your true self, like the bare bones, it's kind of like your ultimate basic needs as well, like with a baby? It is. It's similar. It well, not even basic needs. It's just like vision. It's like the lens that you see the world. It's literally just like I am taking it in at this point. You know, I love that for us being Gemini risings, right? We uh, are constantly taking in information then. Go us. That's why we're so smart. Yeah. Duh. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's, that's the first house and it's very important. Uh, so it's the set and that's an angular house. So the second house, which is a succeedant house or rising up to that first house, this succeedant, succeedant houses are going to be kind of more positive houses for the most part but the second house is about material possessions money yeah just like things um also food so that's like <laughs> yeah so also that's like a baby the next thing they kind of learn is no just kidding. like their surroundings like the things that they can touch food that's their basic needs so this your second house whatever planets are in there they're going to manifest themselves in the area of your life of the shit that you own Okay. I have nothing in my second house, which makes me feel like I'll be renting for the rest of my life. You're a millennial. You will anyway. So, <laughs> Millennial, sound off whenever we uh, post this episode and let us know what you own and if it's much. Yeah. Uh, it's two nice pairs of shoes and a lot of debt. <laughs> These are my belongings. Yes. I can count them on one hand. I take them with me everywhere. <laughs> right. So... The third house or a cadent house, which is falling to the angular house. So the third house is falling into the fourth house. The sixth house is falling into the seventh house. Yada, yada, yada. That's going to be short distance travel. It's also going to be your neighborhood. It's going to be kind of your your routine places that you visit and the routine people you see when you think about the next step in a baby's life. It's also siblings, right? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so next thing in a baby, it's like the people who are just kind of there all the time, mm-hmm. like a sibling, you know, or uh, the the cute uh, girl at Trader Joe's, you know, <laughs> like you see uh, twice a week to pick up oat milk and flowers. Uh, <laughs> your your eucalyptus bundles, <laughs> yes, which I need new ones, by the way. But yeah, so when you think about a baby's a baby's life, that's kind of the next thing that they kind of start to understand is, oh, this is yeah, this is my these are my siblings. These are kind of the things that I do. You know, we're getting a little little bit more into toddler status okay how would how would some signs kind of like show themselves in the third house um so like miley cyrus's chart for instance her mars was in her third house that someone's gonna who's going to be very motivated by their siblings their neighborhood just the kind the the day-to-day people that they see that rings so true with her because she also did like a lot of work with homeless youth i feel like Mm. her generation and like her queer community and her family and her siblings are like very important to her yeah that's interesting that is very interesting uh the fourth house is going to be your private life this is an angular house so it's very important it's going to show itself uh very strongly so that's going to be your private life your home and your house also your family, 
you know, and that's next step in the baby. You really have an understanding of this is my home. This is my family. So, you know, somebody who has son in the fourth house is going to be very much, a, they're going to be a homebody, mm-hmm. most likely. Yeah, fourth house is, is real big. My Jupiter is in my fourth house, um, which Jupiter is like kind of where you're, at least in my eyes, how I see kind of like where you're divinely protected. And it always gives me a little solace to know that like, my family is kind of taken care of and I don't have to be so hands-on with it. That's a relief. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) We were originally going to be talking about family this week and both of us collectively were just kind of like, yeah, maybe not this week, maybe some other time when, uh, Everything isn't going on with the planets right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Family a little too close to home. We'll, we'll do that another week. <laughs> yeah. The house of the private is, I'm going to keep private. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. So the fifth house, another succeeding house. This is a really fun one. Fifth house rules creativity. It rules fun. It rules sex, but not like, and, and it's sex and like romance, but not in the seventh house kind of way. It's more like fun, mm-hmm. dating. Flirting. flirting weird because my libra moon is in the fifth house oh shocker <laughs> oh shocker yeah no no shit dude yeah so that's like fun and good times it's also the house of children um so if you yours ha- or just children in general <laughs> kind of both honestly okay. kind of both so if you have really prominent fifth house placements, you're going to maybe have some kids. Kids are going to be important to you. Well, I guess it depends on what planet is in that house. Because if you have Saturn in the fifth house, uh, kids might not be your jam. Your or bag. It, yeah, it might be kind of or difficult connecting to children or difficult maybe having children. Sure. That kind of thing. Fifth house is just a generally like party house. Really? Yeah. Not a good environment for maybe children. (laughs) (laughs) What are them kids doing in the fifth house? (laughs) I I mean, I know that lots of different parties exist, like literally bouncy houses exist for children's parties, but I just pictured like a kid just like at a rave, like some, some, some idiot parent, you know, with those giant headphones on the baby, just like bouncing them. Like, I don't know why they're crying. They never do this. (laughs) Like, get your baby the fuck out of this rave. Yeah, totally. Let me suck on my crystal waters. Oh my God. Let me suck on my ecstasy pacifier in peace, please. Um, can you let him slap the bag? He really likes to slap the bag. <laughs> Fuck, that's so funny, dude. Uh, but when you think about like the next kind of step for kids or like growing up, that's like at, at this point, after you kind of know about your home and your family and like where your place is in the world, that's when you start to develop like creativity and imagination. And like, it's also your personality, you know, mm-hmm. it's like they, they're starting to get an understanding of who they are. Mm-hmm. and what they like and their interests are. I love that it's a progression of kind of like your self growing up mm-hmm. too. Cause you know, when I, this is weird, but I remember being, you know, like early childhood, you know, being in like third or fourth grade, having teachers that were like, okay, now it's not going to be so much like a curriculum of learning ABCs, one, two, threes, but like, how do you work best with in a learning environment? Like I remember I had a fourth grade teacher who would let us do book reports in the ways that we wanted to. So we could do like re, uh, you know, go over the book in a puppet show, or we could write a poem about the book and recite it in front of the class. Like your way of like explaining things to people and like your best way of learning as a child. 
Yeah, it's like how you you're developing your style of expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally, that's really cute. Super cute for the fifth house. For the fifth house. Yeah, the next house is the sixth house. Uh, that is a cadence house the sixth house is one of the more challenging houses mm-hmm. in the zodiac um so that's going to be your routine your day-to-day your co-workers also your pets it's kind of the house of responsibility day-to-day responsibilities in a way like in miley's episode Uh, We talked about how her day-to-day and her routine and her pets with all of those plans that she had in the sixth house, that is super important to Mm -hmm. her. And if you're thinking about a kid, you know, it's like they're starting to develop the responsibilities at that point. You know, they've, they know how to color, they know how to draw and like, you know, express themselves. And now they're going into like learning how to do chores and, you know, an an allowance maybe. Exactly. Uh, Instead of coworkers, it would be like classmates, Mm -hmm. you know? So they're starting to understand that it's also a house of like day-to-day work while the 10th house is about career, this is about the actual day-to-day work that you do. Yeah? Yeah. I'm I'm looking at my sixth house and uh, it's my Pluto's in Scorpio. Oh, yeah. See, Pluto is uh, a generational how or a generational planet. So that's like 30 what, years or something like that. Yeah, I think it's 30 years. Um, So millennials, we all have Pluto and Scorpio, the Gen Xers, y'all have uh, Pluto and Sagittarius. So that's one of the things about the houses that is so important for those outer planets, because I mean, all of us millennials, we all have Pluto and Scorpio, but where that affects your life is so important. Like for you, that Pluto in the sixth house, that's going to be like your day-to-day routine. Like you're going to be very intense about it. You're going to be, you know, it's also going to deeply transform you and it's going to be something in your life that will change drastically throughout portions of your life, you know? I kind of love that. Yeah. I like like change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of weird cause I've always been the type of person that like wakes up early, gets my day started. Like I like a lazy morning every once in a while, but mm-hmm. since I've stopped drinking, like I'm ready to go in the yeah. morning now, like <clears throat> idle hands, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm ready to like get up and go and get a project going to keep my mind busy, to keep my body busy. And I think that that's interesting that you say that it comes in waves in different stages of your mm-hmm. life. Because back when I very drank, you know, my routine was like, all right, I'm hungover, got to go get some food. And then man, if I can't shake this, maybe go get a Bloody Mary. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit of a different routine, but that's really interesting. Absolutely. Well, and it's, uh, you know, Pluto also rules like obsession. And the like, I know even when we went to LA, we were on fucking vacation and this <laughs> bitch was out of, out of our hostel at like 6.30 a.m. I'm nuts. Getting a fucking donut and coffee, you know. I'd walk a couple of miles before you even woke up. Yeah, before I even remembered I was in like ready, to, Like I was ready to go. It wasn't like I was like, yeah, I stumbled out and like kind of walked around for a little bit. Like I got ready for the day and then went out and did that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I loved it. I love having those little private like moments to me. I think that that's mm-hmm. like a lot of my chart is independence you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be held down or restricted I'm fine with doing things by myself I love taking myself to movies I love taking myself out to dinner so I loved being able to you know like walk 
to the market and yeah. like check out all the different desserts and be like, I'll take the tres leches, I'll take this and this. Yeah. Well, you know, as a Gemini rising, we're both we both have Scorpio in our sixth house, and my life has been very similar too. I mean, even with the drinking and everything, and I mean, I used to wake up at fucking four p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still a routine. Yeah, even if it's not working, it's still a routine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And now, I mean, I work a a seven to seven job pretty much and mm-hmm. it's it's very similar in that way i mean i'm not getting up willfully at 7 a.m <laughs> on the weekend or anything but still happens to each their own. so the next house is the seventh house uh it's an angular house so it's really important that's going to be your one-on-one relationships that's going to be partnerships um that's a lot of where marriage and romance also is going to sit and live you've got you, like pretty much all your planets are in the seventh house. My sun, my Venus, my Uranus, and my Mercury. My sun and my Venus are Sag, and my Uranus and Mercury are Cap. Say Uranus again. Uranus. Who's anus? Uranus. <laughs> Say crack again. <laughs> crack. Crack. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so that, that tells me that you're a little... A hopeless romantic babe. And that's- as much as I tried to deny it, I was raised on rom-coms and I am an amalgamation of every rom-com manic pixie dream girl you've ever fucking seen. Absolutely. Which by, I hate the- it. <laughs> by the way, I was thinking about it the other day. Manic pixie dream girls, like, I don't know why they're all straight in these movies because they're not. The thing about it is, is in... Uh-uh. It- Zoe Deschanel is like quintessential manic pixie dream girl Oh yeah, they're all- in... And, and Scott Pilgrim. They're both bisexual. Oh yeah, that's true. Bisexual. That's true. Oh God, not, not the casual biphobia on this podcast, ah! bro. <laughs> Hard yikes. For shame. Uh, but I had to come correct real yes, quick. <laughs> no, please. Thank you. Uh, so, but the Manic Pegasus Dream Girls, they need to just date each other. They need to date each other. They have. I in, in some universe they all have. Yeah. It's some um, L word shit where like there's a there's a connection no. between all of them. I wanna see a rom com where they are together. That's all I'm saying. Hollywood write it. Do your thing. Do your thing. Please Ooh, don't think. please a man a straight man don't write it. <laughs> For the love of God. I beg of you. <laughs> I beg of you. I have a, I have so many in the seventh house. Yeah. Do you have a lot in the seventh house? No. <laughs> Sure I'm not. I'm not laughing because uh, I want that for you. I'm and like that thrills me. I'm laughing because you're just like now. Nah, this is something I've accepted. <laughs> the only thing that I have in the seventh house is my true node, which is it's not even like an asteroid or a planet or anything. It has to do with the phases of the moon. It's like a whole weird thing, but it's supposed to be like fate or like what you're kind of pushing for in life. My, that's the only thing in my seventh house. So I guess my life will be complete when I like find some fucking person. Ew. I hate that for me. I hate it. I can't tell what part of you is that, but That's just like very, very interesting to me because you are like so squishy on the inside. No, you're right. You are. I'm very squish. I'm very squish. I know. I mean, you're like, but I don't wanna be. I don't wanna. (laughs) I got my hooves in the ground. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the air. You're not going nowhere. You try to push me over. You try to tip this cow. You cannot. (laughs) 
oh no, I think it's all the Aries in my chart that I'm just like, ew. But that, I've said it before, Aries is the most squished sign, low-key, high-key, squished sign of all time. I hate this. When did this become about me? <laughs> I guess I was trying to share a little bit of yours too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, on to, on to <laughs> well, your, your heavy seventh house, Brittany. Let's yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's the other thing too. It is romantic relationships, but it is also partnerships. And you and I have talked about this in the past. Like you're very focused on a lot of your relationships, uh, or at least it really impactful ones are very much about working with someone one-on-one too. So mm-hmm. like you just work with a singular boss, you know? I really do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you and I, this partnership, we host this podcast, you and Colby, you host a comedy show together. Yeah. You know, that is like a huge theme in your life. So you having that seventh house stellium really tracks. I just really, th- I think I thrive in that environment. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> I, I think I care too much about what other people think. And if I had to work in a group and I had to keep track of what a group of people thought of me, that's been difficult for me. Like even in restaurants and stuff like that, I've always been the kind of person that separates that kind of work environment with friendships mm-hmm. and in, in the service industry, that's kind of an odd thing. You know what I mean? Everybody mm-hmm. goes out and drinks afterward, especially whenever I stop drinking, it's not something that really worked for me. So I think it's interesting that now that I have finally found particularly a job where I have, I can have that one-on-one connection. I'm like thriving. In it. It's yeah. really filling my cup. It's, it works for me. It works for my lifestyle. So I think that that's, I, I love that that tracks for me. I love that for me. <laughs> I love that for you too. Go off seventh house. <laughs> uh, so the next house is the eighth house. It's a succeedant house. And boy, the eighth house is something. The eighth house rules sex. The eighth house and, and sex not even in a fifth house fun way. It's like sex and taboo. It's kind of the underbelly of my fucking kinky ass. Yeah, for real, bitch. <laughs> my nasty, <laughs> disgusting, pitiful little piggy king self. <laughs> That's for everyone listening. You can Venmo me at <laughs> Brittany Dash Thailander. I'll yeah. do a personalized voice thingies for you if you'd like it'll be mostly pig noises (laughs) don't give it to them for free oh you're right my bad (laughs) (laughs) uh so the eighth house rule sex taboo it's secrets but not in the 12th house way of secrets it's more like secrets from society not secrets from your your people or yourselves Uh, that's an interesting concept could could i have like a little bit more of what what you mean by that yeah so when we say like taboo it's like things that are hidden right and the 12th houses and we'll get into that later that's things that are hidden from yourself from your loved ones the eighth house is things that are kind of hidden from society that's kind of like what it's like the things that we don't touch in a broad uh kind of communal type of way okay uh the eighth house also rules the occult and mysticism (laughs) uh so all you witchy witchy hoes uh eighth house Look at your eighth house because you probably got some shit going on with it. My Capricorn, Neptune and Saturn. Oh, so that makes sense. Like uh, Neptune is what inspires you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so and I mean, mine is mine is there, too, because we're both Gemini Mm -hmm. Risings, you know, but you're very inspired by that kind of 
kinky taboo underbelly type thing all literally my whole comedic style is talking about the grossest shit that nobody is brave enough to talk about yeah and and i don't mean brave enough to talk about like i am brave for doing it what i mean to say is like a lot of people don't want to talk about their BMs into a microphone in front of strangers. Right. I love it. Yeah. it's that taboo. <laughs> I it's live the, to see them squirm. It's the societal taboos, you know? And for me that it's also uh eighth house rules, death, it, eighth house and 12th house have a lot of simul- similarities. It's just kind of the way you view them that they differ. But my Neptune being there, it gives very like, goth vibes you know what i mean (laughs) that's me like cutting out obituary like obituaries and when i was in high school you know that you just liked or yeah ones that i thought were interesting (laughs) who are you i don't know dude I don't know, dude. You looked at me like a puppy, like I just scolded you. I mean, you should. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So the eighth house, it also covers inheritance, taxes, and other people's money. So if you are somebody who is financially dependent on others, you might have a little bit of activity in that house. I remember you said something about like my dad once, like I have something with my dad in a house with inheritance and you were like, do you remember that when we were talking? Was that the, was it involving the the eighth house? It was involving the eighth house. I don't remember what it was, but it had something to do with inheritance and yeah, like your dad, because it was like Saturn at the sun. I don't remember what it was. And you were just like, does that mean my mom's going to die soon? And I was like, no, oh my God, dude. Sherry, I know you listen to this every week. Uh, You're good. The stars have you. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen to you, sweet Cher Bear. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I got real freaked out. I was like, oh, no, I don't. Tears in the eyes. I'm like, no, that's not what I said at all, dude. (laughs) I'm like, let's back it up. Backtrack. Your dad's going to die. Yeah, no, but it's your dad. Your dad is going to die soon. Yeah, no. But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I I do know people who have heavy, like, who have had kind of, like, big inheritances and shit like that um, have really strong eighth house placements. That's wild that that affects it so clearly. Yeah. And that it shows up like that. Especially eighth house transits. And transits are just kind of, like, the current planets um, as they kind of move through your natal chart. And, you know, if you've got some eighth house fuckery and transits. It's, you know, you might be coming into some money or you might be uh, coming out of some money with some taxes. Who knows? <laughs> that sounds like something that like a, a stint on reality television would have an effect on you. <laughs> like, yeah. Sounds like that would uh, that would math out. Yeah. But that's a, that's a fun house. That's, a, that's an interesting one. That is a really fun house. <laughs> uh, so the ninth house, the ninth house is the house of philosophy of religion like kind of organized religion not necessarily like spirituality or whatever it's also going to be the house of long distance travel international travel and this is kind of our perception of this has changed a little bit since we've been able to travel greater distances Mm -hmm. over time like even though it's international the u.s is huge like my trip to new york was Mm -hmm. still all up in my ninth house Mm -hmm. 
So that's a substantial distance. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be other cultures. You know, when we think about philosophy, we think about other cultures. You know, what is one of the greatest things that kind of expands our mind and expands our our philosophical, you know, leanings is is experiencing other cultures and experiencing other people. Other languages fit into this. Astrology also fits into the ninth house as well um, because it is more of a a philosophical. Do you have a lot of placements in your ninth house? My Saturn is in my ninth house. I love that for you. Yeah. So, I mean, Saturn traditionally is going to be where your obstacles are, where your challenges are, but also kind of, you know, once you go through your Saturn return, which I am currently going through my Saturn return, it's where you're going to um, experience a lot of strength. I mean, like my trip being so wildly transformative, you know, during my Saturn return, like really made sense that I, I left, I took that long distance trip mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there were a lot of challenges. I had a lot of um, challenges growing up with like long distance travel and things like that. Um you know, I've never been out of the country. I still haven't been out of the country, Same. but even that kind of blowing my mind and changing my perception on so many things. For sure. Do you go through your Saturn return like once in your whole life? No, you actually go through, depending on how long you live, several Saturn returns throughout your life. It's anywhere between 27 to like 30 years. Um, okay. Saturn goes back into the natal sign it was in. So I was born uh, when Saturn was in Aquarius and right now Saturn is in Aquarius again. And so in another like 29 years, it'll be back there and you go through kind of your next level up with Saturn. Interesting. I think we talked about this. I went through my Saturn return during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the thick of the, it was like last summer, right? Yeah. Not fun. I, I relapsed. Yeah. I was the saddest and just like it, it was before the election. Mm-hmm. I was starting a new job. I had finally moved out of my parents' house. It was a lot going on yeah, during and, my Saturn return. And Saturn is in your eighth house as well, mm-hmm. you know, which is a house of, you know, kind of the spooky ooky. The, the fun house. Yeah. Yeah. A literal carnival fun house. A literal carnival fun house <laughs> like of I'm, like altering your perception of things and mm-hmm. are they what they seem? Yeah. Eek! Okay. <laughs> Doing the Kathy comic right now. Ah, oh my, my hair God. standing up. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's the ninth house. Tenth house is going to be the house of career and reputation. Um, it's going to be the house of your, yeah, like what mark are you leaving on the world is the tenth house. It's also an angular house. So it's going to be a heavy hitter. It's also where your MC will often lie, kind of depending on which house system you're using, which by the way, when you are looking up your chart and you are trying to figure out your houses, you're going to get prompted of what house system you want to use. And what house system means is how the houses are organized. There are many different kinds. Kind of the most popular one is Placidus. Like if you use astro.com, that's going to be the default setting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also whole sign houses, which is used in traditional like Hellenistic astrology. And it, it kind of doesn't really matter which one you use. It can really shake. I was going to ask you which one you prefer. Just 
If I'm looking at a birth chart, I'm using Placidus because it is a little more specific. If I'm looking at transits, I look at whole sign. Because I see a lot of videos on TikTok. There are some accounts where they're like, this is, you know, what uh, Joe Biden or like Trump is going through right now and kind of like mm -hmm. predicting almost like their future and like maybe mm -hmm. their demise and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I saw a video last year and essentially like the attack on the Capitol was like in Donald Trump's chart. Yeah, totally. Most in, in his transit, transit chart, transit right? Chart, yeah. Yes. So most predictive astrology is going to be used with whole sign houses because most predictive astrology is going to be traditional astrology um, is going to be, yeah, like Hellenist, it's uh, Hellenistic. So most of the time, if you see like a TikTok or a horoscope where it's like, okay, Gemini risings, you'll be going through this. Mm -hmm. They are 99% most likely using a whole sign house. System. Interesting. Okay. I was so curious about that. I'm really glad we got to touch on that because that provides a lot of insight. I really am into that. I yes. like, I'm always wanting to know what to expect. Uh, and it brings me like comfort knowing that. Definitely. There's this really great, even if it's something bad. Yeah. There's this astrologer I listened to who was talking about whole sign versus Placidus uh, houses, house systems and using it almost as a not divination tool, but it's like interpretive. If somebody's coming, they were saying if someone is coming to them with a Placidus uh, house system, they read it like that, whether or not that is their person, what they prefer to use, sure. because that's like what the person getting the reading kind of needs to hear. Mm -hmm. And it can wildly change. Like if we're using Placidus on my chart, it puts my son in the 11th house, which is the house of community and friends and like all this stuff but if we use whole sign it's in my 12th house which is not that it's more hermit almost right it's extremely hermit uh it's extremely hermit so but but is that a generational thing would that apply for both you and i or just you no okay, just gotcha. me because i'm a taurus son and taurus is in our shared 12th house it's gemini rising i see yeah it's clicking it's clicking it's all coming together baby but i i do honestly relate to both of those interpretations you know i am a very kind of like deeply private person even though i am like fucking out there <laughs> it's so funny i went to a wedding yesterday and my friends were all like brooke you weren't the first one to leave you know like <laughs> i will always be at the function but i will always leave yeah. after like two hours mm -hmm. it's like I, i'm like oh it's my time to go i i can't be here anymore. that was enough i think yeah <laughs> so i mean you can you can read it anyway it's just kind of up to you. It's what you need out of it. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what so much of astrology is interpretation and you take what you need and you leave what you don't. Yeah. And a, a lot of our gross generalizations on the signs are also that take what resonates and whatever doesn't, that it's, then it's not for you. Not to mention it's like the more you, the diver you deep into astro, uh, into astrology. The, the, the deeper dive, you the, dive. The diver you deep. Into, <laughs> the, diver you deep. <laughs> the diver you deep. Uh, <laughs> the deeper. No, <laughs> the deep. <laughs> the deeper you dive into astrology and the more knowledge you gain, the more other kind of uh, factors and variables will play into it. So it's like you can say, oh, that really doesn't feel right to me. But then when you learn about aspects, you're like, oh, this is square this other thing. And that's like 
why it feels like that doesn't apply to me. I have a friend who is a huge Leo stellium, Leo sun, Leo moon, all of, like Leo Mercury, Leo Venus, all of this stuff. And she is like, you would never imagine that she was a Leo. When I first looked at her chart, I was like, is astrology real? Cause this makes sure. no fucking sense. But- She comes off as like a water sign or something I mean, like she's that. an Aquarius yeah. rising and she feels like an Aquarius yeah. very much. But all of those planets, and sorry for calling out your chart online, I love you or on this podcast. I love you so much. Uh, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> but all of those are square her Saturn, which is a challenging house mm-hmm. or a challenging planet, excuse me. So it's it's going to be very much, that feels different for her. It's like almost like those Leo placements and like getting that attention and getting that whatever is some of those aspects are going to be challenging for her to sure. like kind of come into, you know, and to it's lean like, into. Exactly. And it's not until like her Saturn return that she kind of fully lifts into that. Once you lean into it, you kind of succumb to it and are able to deal with it. Yeah. Moving forward. Exactly. So little rant about house systems and whatnot. No, that was, I think that was good to get some clarity on that. Definitely. Yeah. So build your, your chart on astro.com and you know, see, find out what you see. Uh, so the 11th house is going to be the house of community friendships kind of your your bigger umbrella sense of society mm-hmm. i have my mercury my freaking venus and my son if we're using placidus in the 11th house mm-hmm. so friendships are huge yeah community building huge that's going to be a succedent chart so relatively more positive so it's like if you have heavy 11th house placements it's like if i want to find you i'm calling your friends man (laughs) you know those people also with 11th house strong 11th house placements tend to be like organizers or tend to be i was just about to say yeah like very much into community growing and living in like very outreach and Definitely. They have their finger on the pulse. It's something that really matters to them. If their community isn't thriving, they don't feel like they're maybe thriving. Yes. Okay. Um, like That Zo- has big Virgo energy. In a lot of modern astrology, they relate uh, each of the houses to a zodiac sign just in the order. So this is the house. Uh, but I, I try to kind of stay away from that sure. because it, I feel like it can... It, it can limit us to being like, oh, the fifth house is about is related to Leo. So it's going to be all the Leo things. And while there is some it compartmentalizes it a yeah, little bit too much, it simp- simplifies it when it's so much more nuanced. Exactly. But it's a little bit of Aquarius vibes. The 11th house. Oh, 100%. Bigger picture community, that kind of thing. So, yeah, 11th house is, is going to be that 12th house. The 12th house is, yeah, the big ooga booga, the big spooky ooky of... The Oaky spooky, yes. a little kooky. Unless I had words, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking Adam's family when you said spooky, spooky, ooky, ooky. a little bit kooky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe Alyssa didn't say that. I digress. Twelfth house. I think she <laughs> did say that, but I think she was doing like a Halloween type. Thing. She was. It was on okay, Alyssa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Al- like explains it all. Alyssa. Alyssa's secrets. Alyssa explains it all. That was a missed opportunity for Alyssa Edwards. If you end up using that idea, Alyssa Edwards, since I know you listen to our podcast, I expect. Pay up. Pay up. Yeah, drop your Venmo again (laughs) for the people. Uh, Yeah, but the 12th house is a cadent house. And it is, like I said, the 6th house and the 12th house are kind of the big oofs 
of of the houses. So 12th house is going to be, they call it the house of the undoing and the house of the unseen. So 12th house is going to be addiction, the subconscious, uh, secrets, but like the secrets, not like the eighth house secrets you're keeping from society, but secrets you're keeping from your damn self, bitch. The secrets that you're keeping from your loved ones, you know. I'm terrified of this now. Because, you should because my gym, my Gemini is in my Mars. Yeah, my your Mars house. in the twelfth house. If you're using Placidus, yeah, yeah. If you're using whole sign, it's in the first house. But that, I mean, that to like me, I hate that my Mars in the twelfth house. But that's also Mars is like. Action, aggression, sex. So, I mean, that could kind of say a little bit of kinky, taboo, fuckery. But it can also mean that your aggressive nature is kind of buried underneath the surface. One of my best friends, he has Mars in the 12th house. And that's somebody who kind of has a little bit of rage, you know, boiling underneath the surface that they don't let come up. Brittany, how do you feel about that? Can relate. (laughs) Can relate. Yeah, my Mars is uh, on my MC, so it's very forward. It is mm-hmm. like out there, but yeah, yours is you got a little sneaky rage side. I do. Know. I get so frustrated and overwhelmed, and it's something I really had to like unlearn, especially in the service industry. Because that moment you get overwhelmed, your world crumbles around you, and you really have to do brain gymnastics to be like, okay, this is what I can handle. Get through these steps. Work on the next thing. You know mm. what I mean? Like how you get through stuff. It can be very overwhelming sometimes and that's probably why I spiral like I do. I was about to say, do you, are you kind of a person who cracks a little bit under pressure? No, I don't. I actually like do really well under pressure. Well, it's, it's very hit or miss, which is kind of interesting that it's Gemini. Gemini. (laughs) That it's very interesting that it's Gemini. I mean, I was in a really bad car wreck in high school where like our car flipped and we landed in a a ravine. I broke my pelvis, like a ton of people got, I mean, like the other person in the car got very, very hurt. Two girls like were able to crawl out and were just like running from the scene essentially. And I was basically like, I pulled the guy out with me and we were sitting in the ravine and I called my mom and the girls were like, don't call your mom. And I was like, I'm calling my mom. Like, yeah, duh. What do, what do you expect us to do right now? We literally can't get out of here. And I called my mom and then I called 911 and I basically like delegated to the uh, paramedics like he needs your help first. I'm feeling okay, but he's not responsive right now, like Mm -hmm. kind of cluing them in and being very calm under pressure in those situations. And, you know, that 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 (laughs) I have that side to me, but then I also have like you know, my dog pees on the carpet like twice in one day and I'm just like, we're returning him. We can't do this. We can't do this. Fuck. <laughs> wow. I had no idea about that, dude. That is so intense. It was really wild. And my mom still talks about it to this day. She was like, and she always talks to me because she's not great under pressure. Mm-hmm. And she always talks about that moment where she's like, yeah, you, you're great under pressure. You always wait until the last minute to do a project and then you bust it out and then it's perfect. And she's very, she always highlights that those parts of me, which I appreciate, but at the same time, you know, sometimes I, if I'm in a bad brain space, I can do some fuckery. You know what I mean? That, you know, you can move past or maybe you can't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I can do big action from feeling frustrated or hurt Whenever I'm in a place of hurt, I often hurt, which is not something that I am proud about, but it's something that, you know, you kind of got to deal with, with like shadow work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me that, you know, that's in my 12th house and it's a 
probably the grossest placement maybe of mine. I wouldn't say gross. Challenging. But, you know, challenges are really just opportunities in disguise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I sounded like a motivational poster. You did. Like, Little kitty hanging on a branch there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> exactly. Hang in there. Yeah. Twelfth House also rules like mental health you know it's like the this shadow. is such a deranged replacement it, it well mars there is not is not so bad you know it's like sun and moon the luminaries in the 12th house are really tough because it's the house of shadows it's the house of the unseen and the luminaries are about being seen yeah you know i they need a, that to thrive mm-hmm sun in the 12th house placements and moon in the 12th house placements are going to feel like they're Never quite really understood. No one really Hmm. ever quite sees them. And I have a couple of friends um, with that placement. And it's funny because we tend to kind of find each other in that way. It is like the luminaries in the 12th house is a tough placement. So if y'all got them, I love you. Rip. Rip. (laughs) Rip. It also rules like, um, like I said, the subconscious, but like other planes as well. It also, it rules spirituality, not like ninth house religion, but spirituality, your relationship to your higher self, your guides, like that kind of shit. 12th house placements are also very psychic and intuitive. So you having Mars in that, in the 12th house is really like you act on your intuition and you trust that shit. I mean, boy, do I, sometimes it's, the only thing that I feel like I can help keep me safe mm-hmm. and having that gym and I like constantly taking in information, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's how I can feel like I have my finger on the pulse. Yeah. And that's why like anytime somebody tries to bamboozle me or gaslight me or takes away that, like the tool that I have to try and understand and like figure out what's going on whenever I'm trying to be deceived. Like if that trust is broken, done, yeah. you know what I mean? Definitely. It's interesting you said keep you safe. That intuition keeps you safe when Mars is our flight or flight, fight or flight reaction. <laughs> so that makes perfect sense that that's how that 12th house placement manifests itself for you. It's difficult to navigate and it's definitely something that I feel like I'm going through right now, you know, just with, you know, relationships, not just romantically, but, you know, relationships with like, comedy and stuff like that and you know trying to figure out my place trying to be the best partner and the best you know member of like this community that I can be even though I have the tendency to be like selfish and want to protect myself at all costs Mm -hmm. it's about that like vulnerability and putting yourself out there and like really trusting and hoping for the best yeah definitely I just had a thought too um about because I kind of left behind uh, where the zodiacal wheel and like where it leads up in your life was sure. about the sixth house. But like seventh house is like you start to develop those one-on-one relationships, best friends, romantic stuff, eighth house sex, ninth house is higher education as well, which is mm. something I didn't touch on. So like college and mm-hmm. shit like that third house, I forgot to say is lower education. So like primary school, mm-hmm. uh, 10th house careers, 11th house, broader community. And then 12th house is other realms and like death. Mm-hmm. So when you die and then you go back to square one, mm-hmm. just a whole journey. It's so humbling to kind of like go through the houses and see that we're really all just like on this path and we're mm-hmm. really just all trying our best. Yeah. It makes everything feel so much less personal when you're feeling 
you know, sometimes targeted or something like that. It's yeah. that everybody is going through their own shit. Mm-hmm. And maybe things feel a little less personal when we accept that and we are more mindful of that. Definitely. Well, and it's also too, like, I think it, it leans to a little bit of more acceptance within yourself mm-hmm. and within, yeah, like how your life is kind of going, you know, it's like, oh, I, I'm so like this. Why am I such a homebody or why am I so whatever? It's like, bitch, you got like four planets, in the fourth <laughs> house. What can you do? You know, just like lean into that. And everybody does have these places in within their life that mean a lot to them. And you know, they feel really, really strongly about, and we are, like you said, kind of on this collective journey and yeah, it's not personal. It's just life. Bruh. Yeah. Oh, that's the houses, baby. <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> Burning down the house. I love that. All right. So up next we have my favorite segment your- and my favorite segment and probably Yours. your favorite segment. Yeah. And that is Celestial Celespians. So, <laughs> so this week on Celestial Celespians, it's actually really funny. We recorded. It's hilarious. We recorded this last week and we're, spoiler alert, we're doing Megan Fox. Uh, we recorded it last week, like the day before the GQ interview came Simpler out. times, honestly, when. Uh, <laughs> last week. Simpler times before the GQ article, cringe as fuck interview dropped. When Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly were uh, just a vampirist and a small Victorian man that she was sucking the life out of. But (laughs) boy, have things changed. Yeah, we were like, we have to re-record this segment because so much was just even more clear. It was just, yeah. It was, well, we made some discoveries about Machine Gun Kelly's chart too Uh, that I think we're going to have to dive into, Brooke. What do you think? I've been devastated. I've been so <laughs> devastated. Uh, yeah. So as- on the bright side, you and Megan Fox would be very compatible. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a silver lining. Uh, yeah. No. I I recently learned that Machine Gun Kelly is also a Taurus Sun, Pisces Moon, and a Gemini Rising. Uh, also has his Sun in the twelfth house. Also has a Pisces still. You were born in 91, right? 92. Was he 91 or 92? I don't know. Tattooed on his belly. I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't studied his belly as of late, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I would have loved to go my entire life without knowing that information. I I listened to this TikTok sound where he where Megan is like describing his chart, and I didn't know it was them. It was just the sound, and I'm like, who is describing my chart right now? And then I looked at it, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh God, am, am I weed? Am, am I weed? Brooke, who are you? You, you smell, you smell like weed. I am weed. If, okay. You know what? Upon first viewing the article, I thought, ah, they like really just get their, they get it. Like they're very self-aware. They know how cringe they are and how unmatched, like how mismatched they are. You know what I mean? I do not believe they're mismatched at all. Anymore? No. (laughs) Yeah. I think they are 
perfectly matched and that's even worse honestly all right well let's should we just go ahead and dive into her gd chart <laughs> yeah let's let's dive into her chart i mean honestly i do love megan fox i don't love it's very similar to the queer spaces episode uh a few episodes back where it's like you don't get to just like be here be in these spaces and then like go home to your like racist fucking homophobic boyfriend it's like very that. Very that, uh, and there were like uh, lots of TikTok. They came up on your for P- for you page more than my for you page, but lots of videos about uh, machine guns, machine guns, guns. Kelly <laughs> machines has <laughs> passed, and uh, some really ridiculous things that he said. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so I mean, I do pretty ick. Uh, yeah. Pretty ick. Call me. I I hate to I hate to really come out guns a blazing, but I think racism is bad, <laughs> and I also think pedophilia is bad. Yeah, and um, you know that may get me canceled, but you know what? This is the hill yeah, I will very, die on. <laughs> you're very brave for for saying that, Brittany. Uh, you know, and I'm gonna say it too. I would happen to agree. I mean, he just has said some pedophile adjacent things, so you know. Icky, icky. Icky, icky, icky. We know fuck with that. No, thank you. Well, yeah, let's just get right into Megan's chart and all will be revealed. Uh, It makes (laughs) a lot of fucking sense. It does. So uh, Megan is also a Taurus sun. Uh, She is a Leo moon and she is a Capricorn rising. I mean, that is like, I mean, those are some really powerful placements, really intense placements. Strong. Uh, She, that puts her MC in Scorpio. So that is like, the face that she's putting out in the world. And if that fucking article didn't say that, she wants to, it's like, I'm dark, I'm intense, and I'm sexual. And it's just so funny. If we Brooke, have- Did you hear her, her call him Buddha at one point, like a pet name? No. For why? Why is his nickname Buddha? Because Buddha had 1991 tattooed on that big old <laughs> belly. <laughs> Would be my guess. You didn't know that? It's, it's engraved in all those little Duh. statues. <laughs> I'm going to fucking end it all. Okay. Uh, she- <laughs> Burn it all down uh, to the ground. Yeah, that Scorpio MC, I mean, it, it, that's what she's putting out into the world. And that was so true. And it is like, it's so interesting because as we learned uh, in the beginning of the episode about the houses, her son and her Mercury are actually in her fourth house, which does say that she's like, a very private person and like a homebody. Like as a general rule, she's pretty private. But it's interesting that the kind of intense sexuality part was is the thing that she is trying to portray, or it, the thing that she has portrayed. Honestly, like I mean, she is the femme fatale. She her whole career was started with her being a sex symbol, for sure. I mean, Transformers was transformative for me as a bisexual. <laughs> When she lifts the car hood up, come on. That is, that's an iconic moment. That was on every little, like, teenage boys poster in their room. It was on, it was my desktop background. (laughs) In school. Homie, you, how did you not? No, we can't. (laughs) I, I I missed a lot of the flags too myself. So I'll I'll let you have that one. I'll let you (laughs) fucking have that one. I mean, her Pluto is like right by her MC too. And that. That is someone who is going to be very polarizing and also like feeds a lot of obsession 
from their reputation. I mean, it's happening right now. That article came out and everyone went fucking nuts. And it has been very polarizing. Oh my gosh, memed to shit. And I quite frankly enjoy them. All of the, I are you weed? I am weed. Or like, a, so funny. you smell like weed, I am weed. I saw like a notebook one. Yeah. I saw a princess bride one. <laughs> I saw a Sopranos one that was like, you smell like Gabagool. And he goes, I am Gabagool. <laughs> Brilliant. But, but like, it is, it is also polarizing. I mean, even early in her career with Transformers and Jennifer's body, which Jennifer's body to me is, is still one of my top five mov favorite movies of all time. There's no amount of cringe that will make that movie not hit so hard. I'm so glad people are like circling back around and coming to like, like the, a different generation or like a more of like even our generation, a more evolved like mindset um, are reapproaching it and like giving it another look because it is rich. It is just, but it's camp. Like I think a lot of people didn't understand originally that it's camp as fuck. It is truly high camp, like, high camp. It's, it's so funny because it was actually marketed to teenage boys, <laughs> which is the absolute wrong Place to do that diablo cody diablo cody yeah yeah did she write the screenplay mm -hmm. okay cool yeah i mean it's amazing and it i actually it's so funny too because i remember the first time watching and i was just like dude jennifer and media like gay for each other as hell they are in love They're it's in very love. clear and i saw this tiktok recently that it like the whole movie is about compet like the entire movie is about compet like like needy and jennifer like are the only real it, they're the they're like the only real connections like at least Jennifer has and the movie starts with them kind of like distancing themselves and Jennifer is like literally gaining power mm -hmm. from like t like from being a succubus to these men like she, she her relationship to men is is truly just a power exchange exactly and I mean in our in our society like being heterosexual like your pro your proximity to men is power it was, and safety and safety. Oh my God. And safety. Absolutely. Like, and I mean, cause ultimately that's like what privilege is. No, but like for real there, it was very, very clear that they were gay for each other. And like, there's a part where they're holding hands at the mm -hmm. concert while sh the spell is being cast on Jennifer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the men like have a hold over her, she like lets go of needy. Yeah. Which is, so symbolic and good, but it is, it's so high camp. It's so funny to me. It's very dark humor. A lot of you probably won't get it, but, <laughs> but it's very fun. She was so good in it. She was so, so good in it. I mean, so funny too. Mm -hmm. Like, and got weird, like was uh, cool with getting really weird mm -hmm. with her, the horror and gore. Yeah. Her Mars is actually on her ascendant, like literally on her her ascendant and that is like driven like willing to go there it's also funny because mars on the ascendant it's like mars is like our fight or flight response but it's aggression and like sex for her to be the sex symbol having mars on the ascendant is like absolutely it and a scorpio mc absolutely it honestly her her entire chart is like one of those charts you look at and you're like Oh yeah, no, this is- Oh yeah, that checks out. Everything, every single placement. I bet when Megan, like as far as, you know, enter entertainment being perceived, like being a movie star, whatever, I f feel like whenever she leans into that sex symbol role, she's able to like really own it whenever she leans into it. Because even in the movie, like This Is 40, she runs, she like is a cash 
like a, a salesperson at this boutique that Leslie Mann owns. And Leslie Mann is afraid that Megan Fox's character is like stealing money from her and stuff like that. And like having sex with married men, like while the store's open on the counters and stuff. And it's just very like self, Megan Fox is essentially playing herself or like yeah. what the media portrays of her. And she's able to like really lean into it and kind of make a joke of like laugh at herself or yeah. at least laugh at herself in a way that she feels people perceive her, if that makes sense. Totally. Well, it's interesting. Her uh, Mercury is actually trying her a or her uh, ascendant. That's going to be someone who is a great communicator, but that's also going to be someone I think is very self-aware. They mm-hmm. they really understand how they are perceived. I mean, and she knew that, you know, I remember listening to these interviews um, really around the time of Jennifer's body where she knew what everyone was saying about her and she understood, but she, I mean, that Leo, that Leo moon, it's like, she didn't give a fuck, honestly. No. No, her, her Leo moon is actually in the seventh house and it is square her Mercury. So it's, it's like what she feels, it's going to be a little bit at at odds with, um, what what she thinks and what she says i don't know it's it's really interesting that leo's in the seventh house though that tells me how much her relationships are her driving force doesn't she have marilyn monroe tattooed on her arm that sounds like something she would do those parallels kind of from you were saying relationships driving your emotions and like what you're focused on like that's kind of interesting because marilyn monroe was like very much a similar person and a sex symbol yeah. And also had pretty good self-awareness and could laugh at herself. Definitely. She was definitely had those <laughs> things. What? Although I have read that Marilyn Monroe actually like in, in her diary, she talked about how she didn't actually really enjoy sex and like really didn't enjoy relationships and like how she might've been ace or at least just like performing compet to 100%. Marilyn Monroe was fucking like every woman in Hollywood. It's truly amazing she was she was oh my god you have to read her diaries dude it's like they're it's like she was out there fucking every woman in hollywood oh that rules oh, i need to, to read it we have to do a celestial lesbians on Marilyn Monroe. absolutely oh my god we should do like a golden age Ooh. like golden eight like our silver screen hollywood sort of like old timey dykes old timey dykes <laughs> totally <laughs> oh man but yeah i mean she but i mean that whole laughing uh like laughing at herself and like being self-aware that Capricorn rising, like her reputation is very important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, same with that Pluto being on her MC. It's like a, a, probably a place of obsession for her. But I mean, honestly though, Capricorns are the fucking funniest people I've ever met. Something about those, that Saturnian rules. Like I, every Capricorn I know is just like gut busting. That's fair. <laughs> I think Sagittarius and Gemini's are the funniest signs, but that's just me. Okay, well, you have a Capricorn Mercury, so I mean, I'll let you. I know, I'm just blessed. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Um, so a few other things about her to note. chart. Yeah, to note. Uh, her Venus is in Gemini in the seventh, or in, not in the seventh house, in the fifth house, and it is opposing her, I'm going to call it Uranus. Uh, which, which is like, she, I mean, that means that she can kind of do it all in terms of, I mean, the fifth house, like we talked about earlier rules, children, it also rules like sex and fun and all those things. But that Gemini nature, it is very like, I'm going to be the mom, but that's not 
all I'm going to be. I care about my kids. I do that stuff, you know, and having it opposing Uranus, it's like, she's going, it's, it's going to be like in a rebellious way. It's going to have a rebellious nature to it. Her going into motherhood is like a rebellious thing. I would say her going into motherhood or even her views on motherhood and how she approaches motherhood, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and Venus. Maybe not to a Grimes level where she makes her children call her Megan, but you know, (laughs) I did. We already had to talk about machine gun Kelly. I really don't want to talk about (laughs) fucking Grimes. We don't have to. Oh my God. It was was a joke. It It was was just a joke. joke. (laughs) I mean, but Venus and Gemini too, that also feels pretty bi. Oh, very. I love all these like bi celestial lesbians or pan ones that have a, yeah, like some mutable Venus or mutable Mars. (laughs) Also you. I'm cool with whatever. (laughs) I'm down. Pretty open. But yeah, Venus, Venus is is like what we value and what we love too. So her relationship with her children is very important to her and doing motherhood how she wants to is very important to her and having fun and like sex and expressing herself is also very important to her and uh, her Venus is trine her Jupiter, excuse me, not trine. Oh no, it is square her Jupiter. So Jupiter being like abundance, all of these things being square her Venus, it does seem like her relationships and how she loves and all of these things are going to kind of be fucking with her a little bit in terms of like getting getting hers in a good way. And I think that makes sense with her last relationship with, cause her relationship with like the father of her kids was pretty toxic, right? I'm not super familiar, but I mean, I can only imagine that if she's an open bisexual and he wasn't supportive of that, that could be a deal breaker for somebody like Megan. Yeah. Well, I mean like her, her moon, her emotional sense, how she is nurtured is in the seventh house. Um, and in Leo, and Leo is a fixed sign, so that is going to be someone supremely loyal. And uh, her emotional drive is around those partnerships. She's the alpha in the relationship for sure, mm-hmm. and that, or at least that's what makes her feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, Leo is a leader, but it is like she she's probably going to be with someone longer than she needs to, and she's you know it's going to be like the priority in her life, and. I mean, I think we can even see that with this resurgence of, you know, she kind of went in the shadows with that relationship. And now she's with someone who they both kind of are getting off on being out in the spotlight and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so now she's kind of like doing that. Well, not a voyeur. It's the other thing. A uh, exhibitionist. Yeah, it's a very exhibitionist sort of thing. I think they really like being memed and talked about and that there's a buzz around them. I think that that's probably, I mean, I can only imagine a very thrilling thing when you're a very attractive person like Megan. Yeah. It's, it's so funny too. Like uh, machine gun Kelly has a Pisces MC uh, as well. And that's somebody who wants to like come off as deep. Not that I know anything. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the Pisces and the Scorpio MCs together make a lot of sense that they are doing this whole like twisted dark Little you know, dance, yeah. Demonic, ugh, that's a, that was so evident from their GQ interview too. You could just tell that it, it's like that couple. If you ever go out with a couple <clears throat> and you're at the club or something like that, and then all night they're, you know, they never call each other babe whenever they're at home together, but whenever they're out, they're like babe, babe, <laughs> baby. No, the home hey, they're calling hey, each other Buddha. Yeah, like, hey, Buddha, like, you don't, What? what is this? It's not real. You don't say that. Please tell me you don't say that. So her son live is- Live and let live, I suppose. But. Live and let live, you know. She's, 
She seems like she's having a really good time. I'm glad she's out in public again. I mean, I missed that hot, hot face. I missed that hot, hot face. And I feel like 2021 has been the year of like, fuck it. I'm going to date somebody dumb, you know, like between, (laughs) between Megan, between, uh, Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, just silly little combination. Jennifer Lopez going back to Ben Affleck. It has been like the year of the bad bitch being like, you know what? I'm tired and I'm going to have a little bit of fun. And you know what? Can't get mad at that. I cannot get mad at that. (laughs) I'm not going to get mad at anything these people do, but you know, you know what? We've all made poor choices and you know what? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) We've all made poor choices and you know what? They're going to figure some stuff out. I have every confidence. They will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. out, Right. (laughs) She'll move on to the next, uh, Taurus Pisces Gemini. Devour. (laughs) Devour them. (laughs) Oh no. I hope, I hope Megan Fox doesn't listen to this podcast and find out that I am the same chart as Machine Gun Kelly, only uh, less shitty and yeah. cuter. <laughs> yeah, I got over the whole trying to be dark and twisted in like middle school. So <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. You ever seen the movie The Joker? <laughs> Did I ever tell you about me going and seeing The Joker? No. I went by myself by myself to go see the Joker. And I sat next to a man who I can only describe as having school shootery vibes. And he was sitting next to me throughout the entire movie. (laughs) And every intense scene that would be like a shooting or like a beating or something, he would just say underneath his breath, oh, savage. (laughs) And I was like, just just like in between every scene, just glancing at the exit signs like, okay, and that'll be my route out here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Holy if I shit. give him half my milk duds, he won't. Uh... <laughs> oh my God. That is the worst thing I've heard since Machine Gun Kelly's birth chart. For <laughs> real. Uh, her Jupiter is trying her MC. So being the face, like she was the face of that femme fatale thing. Miley has that same placement. <laughs> Ordinary little placement. And yeah, I mean like, her chart is her chart is nice, you know. It definitely says who she is and kind of how so much of her chart being like her Scorpio MC, that Capricorn rising, is about like how she is looked at. Mm-hmm. She is a polarizing figure, you know, and people do want to talk about her. And she she manages to embody all of the things that people think she is. But I mean, there is, you know, not to quote Transformers, but more than meets the eye, you know. (laughs) Pew, pew. Yeah, and I hope she just gets it together and stops dating fucking racists and guys who say gross things about minors. If we could, okay, let's, let's play a fun game. What, who would we, if we could set Megan up with a lesbian or a queer, who would it be? Me. Besides you. Oh. And uh, besides me. Oh, okay. Uh... I mean, maybe it's just like living out Jennifer's. Oh, wait, she's not a lesbian. I was going to say Amanda Seyfried. Is yeah. she queer? Maybe. I don't know. I get major queer vibes from her. I don't. You don't? I, wish. Yeah. I think she is married to a man. That doesn't mean shit, but like, I just don't, you know, she doesn't got that. She doesn't have that thing about her. Sure. Um, I Well, I could picture Megan with a musician. Oh, totally. You know what? If she's looking for like a little, a little fuck person. 
I bet King her and King Princess would be a great match. I don't know. Why do I hate that so much? I think it'd be... <laughs> I hate that so much. Ooh. They would be, like, just the same as this whole Machine Gun Kelly thing, but just in a more, like, indie way. Yeah. Which is maybe an improvement. Maybe an improvement. Who's maybe. to say? I'm definitely not going to say. I don't fucking know. I would say... Her and I'm thinking a musician. Nobody too serious. It's got to be fun. Very Maybe younger. Brownstein. I don't think. I don't think. I can't imagine Megan dating an older woman. What? Megan Fox and Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> Are you can see her dating an older woman. You can. I think I could. Yeah. Maybe. I think I could. I think that Capricorn rising. Something about it says like she'd be okay with a mommy. Mm. Megan is mommy. That is pretty true. Megan is mommy. Yeah, what do you think Megan's fruitiest placement is? <sighs> that fucking mutable, the Gemini, what is it? Gen- Gemini Venus? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's bisexual as fuck. That is pretty fucking bisexual. <laughs> I think Leo Moon is pretty pretty queer as well. I think it's the perfect queer placement for her to be honest. You're very right in that because I think that, and it's just something that she's always done. She's leaned into that Leo because she's gorgeous and she knows what works and by golly, good for her. Good for her. Get that coin. Get it. That little penny. Well, Brittany, is there a, I think that's everything. I think that's all of it. That's everything. Oh, can I plug something really quick? Please do. Okay. Um, I host a queer, comedy strip draglesque showcase at barrel of the bottoms it's happening this friday at 9 p.m um it's going to be a fantastic lineup we have caitlin rounds colby cusick Susanna lee um we have some local drag and burlesque performers it's gonna be a whole lot of fun it is truly like the most fun like most inviting queer like unhinged experience <laughs> should go it's, it's really a lot of fun you can go to my link tree in my bio on instagram and and buy a ticket it's gonna be 15 dollars beforehand and 20 dollars day of so grab a ticket bring your friends um it's gonna be like a little a little spooky time too what is your instagram so the people can find you bt from kc and i am young barf bag y-u-n-g barf bag uh and follow us on gemadike pod you can also um on spotify there's a little bell in the top corner we are always happy to remind you that our episodes drop every single monday but if you press on that little bell you're going to be notified whenever we have a new episode that drops so feel free to do that uh like I said, rate us five stars. <laughs> rate us five stars. And uh, look at your birth chart, you know. Uh, look at your houses. There's there's so much more than just, you know, oh, I'm a Pisces moon. It's like knowing where that is in your chart. It really can just open up your your whole life in ways you didn't know. All right. Well, this has been Gemini Rising. I must have said Celestial Celestials again. <laughs> like a goose. You should have. <laughs>